Okay. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Welcome back to an Omnia Paradis. I'm Jay here with a very special guest, one of our biggest self-proclaimed fans, also one of my high school friends, Lily. <laughs> Hello. And today we are going to be talking about our friendship as I have so far clickbaited this title, our friendship breakup boundaries and our breakthroughs. Because I think out of all of my friends I've had discourse with, yours was the cleanest and like the most clear like boundary put up, if that makes sense. Yeah, I feel like I I totally feel like that too and also I feel like growth and like maturity that our friendship has seen is like really of all my friends it's the best so far thank you thing is like when Angela and I had had our fight and such we lived together so there wasn't as much distance as you and I had that it could be such a clean break Mm. your friends are supposed to kind of just get everything which is unfair to put on friendships (laughs) yeah we do do that definitely well our friend our friend group in high school and we'll get into everything but our friend group was super super close and then college hit and obviously like your relationship with each other is going to change but our our friendship went through a really I'd say a really tough time for like a long time it's a long story and I think we're, <laughs> we're about to dive into everything so in traditional old era YouTube boyfriend girlfriend <laughs> tag Lily how did we meet oh my gosh well there's a TikTok trend going on right now it's like show pictures of your 10-year friendship like I bet you can't do it and thank god I have you and I have her other friends and I I can do that but we met in sophomore year I was going through my peak awkward phase like lord knows I had no friends and I think we met in health class no college and career was first health was second semester (laughs) oh my gosh I just blocked yeah I blocked all of it out we met in class and then you were already friends with these two other girls and so you kind of like adopted me a little (laughs) bit into the family (laughs) which is awesome because I literally I think I sat in the library every day for freshman year like I straight up did not have a single friend so you were definitely one of my first like actual friendships. Disclaimer at our high school, that's not as weird and lame as it sounds. <laughs> it's not like Lindsay Lohan in the bathroom with Mean Girl. People actively chose to hang out in the library. I'm not saying really that was your situation, <laughs> but it's also not like you were the loser in the bathroom. Like, oh, yeah. The library was busy at our school. A hundred percent. Yeah, no, it was definitely like the place to be if you had no friends. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So like you were saying, you don't think in your freshman year, you had many friends. So like, what was your friendship situation like before? Like, did you have any friends from middle school? elementary school you were friends with one of the girls who I was very close with before mm-hmm. I like, brought you into our friend group so like what was your kind of friend situation like pre-sophomore year did you have friends well, at church like what, what was your situation just a little bit of background I went to a private middle school so it was a very small school like uniforms the whole thing I didn't really have any friendships there either I think I'll talk about it more with Angela but I have had arthritis since I was little so I was never really into sports and like I never really joined any groups or clubs or anything so coming into high school was a little terrifying for me just like art the school we went to was so big compared to my middle school that I kind of felt like a little fish in like a massive ocean and I'm pretty introverted so I kind of kept to myself and I'm fine with me time and being by myself but I didn't really have any super close friends and that's something that I've definitely learned from being friends with you guys is like what it takes to like keep a friendship going because I didn't really have any experience with it oh my god jumping ahead a little bit I can't believe I didn't bring up your friend 
friends from college in this outline. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I had seen you in our, I don't know what other schools call it. We called it like college and career. Spoiler alert, did nothing to prepare me for college <laughs> or career. And yeah, I honestly forgot about that class. But I remember, I don't know whether we were sitting next to each other or we partnered or I don't even know. It was kind of a thing of, this is another revelation for another day. But I started ha- thinking about high school, how like, I was like, oh, like I'm not popular, which like is looking back is not a big deal. But also realizing, and I talked to Lily about this, was part of that reason was like, I didn't allow myself to think of myself, even if I was popular. And I'm not saying I was popular. I don't think I was. But even though I had a lot of friends in that crowd, which technically would mean like you're kind of popular if you're friends with all the popular kids, I would not ever associate with that. And personally, it was like a limiting thing of like, I'm not quote unquote, like good enough to be popular. I'm not pretty enough to be popular, which was like my reason. I can't speak for the three of you or like why. Yeah, but that was definitely something on me because like you were also friends with a lot of those kids as well. Yeah, well, I was just like in my little world trying to be a little people pleaser in high school, you know, like the more people that I thought Mm -hmm. liked me, I thought that was like popular meant. Mm -hmm. But I feel like our our friend group was pretty different to a lot of the other groups in like our our class our graduating Mm -hmm. class, because there was a lot of like big squads of like mixed co-ed like guys and girls or like, you know, the cheerleaders in the football team. And I feel like that's what I think of when I think of the word popular but Mm -hmm. we definitely like our group of friends we were pretty spread out like we we knew a lot of the school and we were pretty involved so yeah so I remember when I first met Lily like I don't know whether it was that I I know freshman year our friend had said hi to you a few times in the hall and I was like I don't know who this girl is but like she's like oh like we went to the same church I was like oh okay like I think you always wore jerseys back then like because you're such (laughs) a big Warriors fan oh no if I recall correctly that's how like I knew you like oh she's our friend friend who like basketball and like they both have younger brothers and like very similar household structures oh my god I cannot I don't think we've ever talked about that but yeah I I definitely did wear jerseys all the time because my little brother is like biggest basketball fan in the world and I can't even believe that that was your first impression (laughs) I remember I saw you and this girl was very bright and bubbly and fun and like I want to like have a good class friend because I think in high school the way it mostly starts out is like you make a friend in class and then some go outside of class and some stay in class but that's kind of like the foundation of most friendships. I remember at the time, personally, you and I got very close for that point in my life because Mm -hmm. like I was trying to kind of not change who I was but trying to kind of have people necessarily see me differently or it's a thing of like when you have friends who know you forever kind of like when there's an influencer you grow up with and then they start to change it's weird because like you're but I know you even though the person is trying to grow and evolve and do normal things becoming friends with you Mm -hmm. was like oh this girl does not know me at all so anything I do and I want to change big shifts but it's like I can't expand my mind of who I think I am because this person has no clue who I've been ever yeah that makes total sense like you can be the person you want to be based on that first impression and like yeah grow from that that's kind of how I felt too when I when I first met you and I first uh, was talking to you and eventually met the other girls I was like this is kind of like a new chapter for me in my my own life because I could see how being friends with you guys was like really going to shape all the things that like I was going to experience so we had class together and it's like one of the big things is like I'm very tight-lipped about dating and boys and crushes and things and I remember before I told my other two friends I told Lily about my first crush in high school because at the time and this is kind of one of those things where people always say in romantic but I think in any relationship the things you love about people at the beginning are the things that drive you the most nuts further in so true 
So mm-hmm. I remember loving how just how much of a hype girl and how excited Willie could be, how much joy she could have for other people, <laughs> but also, and we'll expand on this, not really care at the same time. Right. That's a good way to put it. And that's definitely how I used to be. I remember telling her, she'd, oh my God, I'm so excited for you. Like, and we would talk about boys. Like Willie also loved a bunch of boys we had class with. And we, we would talk about <laughs> that and it'd be light and it'd be fun. And Willie just like kind of helped you feel confident in yourself because she felt confident in you which Mm -hmm. was great and it's what initially what I think Lily you could probably all say draws a lot of people to you you are one of the people I know who makes the best first few impressions (laughs) thank you maybe it's because like I didn't have a lot of experience with making friends like early on but I feel like for me, the first impression, like meeting people, I love meeting people and I love meeting new people, but it's the long-term relationships that I have a hard time with because I am not a very like open person. Like I'm, I like to like celebrate other people and their wins. And like, I like to hear about other people's lives, but not so much about my own. And I feel like that's interesting that you say that because that's kind of what I felt in the beginning. It was so, I don't, like, I don't even remember meeting you because it was just so fun and like so exciting. And then the longer it went, I feel like that's when I really started to learn like, oh, you know, friendship going to be a lot harder than I thought it would be. So I feel like I'm Gretchen, Wieners, Katie, or maybe Regina, <laughs> I don't know, our friends might disagree, inviting Lily to come eat lunch with me and my friends. <laughs> In the science wing, oh my God. on the floor. <laughs> yeah. 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 But yes. No, we definitely, we definitely sp- spent a lot of time in the hallway. Yeah. Um, I don't know, this is a normal thing for other high schools, but like there was just no space. There was like three picnic tables in our high school to eat on. And then everyone else just sat like either on the grass or in the hallways. Yeah, I mean, we did have a pretty big, spacious campus to like sit. So I don't True. think, and it's also cold. Like we, <laughs> if it was warm, we would have eaten outside more, but it was cold often. Yeah, we had options, but I guess we just liked the hallway and we'd just talk about One Direction for oh my gosh, yeah, every single lunch for about two years. <laughs> yeah, so I think that's a great actual point to transition. I was going to do this chronologically, but I think bringing up One Direction was a very good point. With all humans, there are things you like about people, things you don't like about people, and things you kind of like are on the fence about. And like, they're not as big a deal breaker until you become closer friends or until your friendship expands or extends or all that. Like there are certain Mm -hmm. things, if you know, I'm going to know this person for a week, like a vacation hookup and never have to interact with them again. Certain things like political affiliation, how much money they have, how they like brush their teeth, how like their certain habits don't really matter because you're going to know them for a week and then they're out of your life. And it was like, you'll only look back on that with rose colored glass I mean, that was such a fun experience true the thing with bringing lily into our friend group this is my own issues is i like felt some kind of ownership over our friend group which is not appropriate and not a great way to go about making friends i was the one who put the band together i was the simon cowell and to that i felt some sort of possessiveness which mm. we'll talk about later with my attachment issues like on brand so i remember when one direction started coming up i didn't really know who they were i saw like one music video and i independently started listening to them but Lily and one of the other girls in the group were big fans of them also big fans of Ed Sheeran and that was the first time where you were kind of flying solo in the friend group at least one of the Mm. first times I remember well that's that's actually super true because you are the person that like kind of united the squad (laughs) (laughs) and also I was the last one in like you and the other two girls were already kind of established as a group and then I kind of was the last one and yeah I I kind of felt 
early on, like not like the outsider, but you guys definitely had like experiences and memories before I got there. So I was mm-hmm. trying to figure out like my place in the group when One Direction was like, started becoming popular and I was able to bond with the other one of the other girls over that. I definitely that helps me feel more at place. But that's interesting that you say like that's kind of what started to like distance. Maybe not even us, but like I started to feel a certain type of way about that dynamic happening. Mm-hmm. And Mm -hmm. late disclaimer, this is fully the perspective of two of the four members of this friend group. We are not speaking for them or trying to, we're just trying to include them in places where context matters because they are not here to speak for themselves. And something that Lily and I particularly are at a place now is like where we can reflect with as all good therapists. Now I statements, I felt this way, not you became friends with her and that was a problem. Like I started to feel, oh, she's finding her own, which for a securely attached person should be a good thing. Like, oh, I'm so (laughs) happy that this is happening not me not how I was rolling at the time yeah and I I also definitely was like super codependent on you guys like I kind of formed my like identity on all of like what we we liked at the time because we we kind of like fell into the same like hobbies and like interests and youtubers I'm gonna push back on fell into just a little (laughs) bit because one of these okay (laughs) well I was gonna say that you probably were the person that was like (laughs) if I had an obsession with Mac Barbie 07 it's probably because you showed me one of her videos or like I was watching Gossip Girl it's probably because you recommended it is that what you're gonna say no that wasn't where I was going with that Lily very much I would describe as a chameleon so Mm -hmm. again great with the first impression like oh you like that tell me more about that oh I watch basketball oh I know how to play like Nintendo oh I've seen this movie like but the thing is because Lily and I had a lot of classes together our sophomore year so one of the things I early observed which again things that come back around later is that Lily would change her opinion on the same thing depending on who she was talking to Mm -hmm. or like she would say I like this movie and then it's like I would ask her about oh I've never seen that movie I just thought like (laughs) yeah like don't 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 we all just say that like I don't know about anything you're talking about like I just agree with it and yeah I and that was definitely like it was definitely a coping mechanism at the time and it was like a a defensive mechanism because I I really didn't have any like confidence or like self-worth and who I who I was or like I felt like I didn't have same uh right to an opinion you know and I didn't want anyone to be upset with me for having a different opinion so I definitely did that like if I were with someone that was super into football like that would become my thing or and it happened with the group too like I kind of morphed into little versions of you guys I feel like definitely and I think the issue with that particularly for me is again I statements I felt like I don't know who this person is And this person, Mm -hmm. if this person can so easily tell Sam the footballer that she loves football and then come back to our group and say she doesn't love football, what is real? What does she really think? Who really is this person? Like I'm letting into my very tight inner circle. I had some very unhealthy friendship expectations until college. And frankly, some people might still agree with that. I think I've gotten better, but I think all of the friendships in my family's life, we consider family. My mom and my godfathers and and my aunt, like all the adults who have friends who are not biologically related are brought in like family. They come to Thanksgiving. We invite them to Christmas. We do family things together. And so that was my expectation for all friendships because, mm. because they didn't, no one really, I at least spoke about having casual friendships. So it's like, you're either family or like you're someone I see for coffee every two years or like we're Facebook friends, which was barely a thing at the time. Yeah. No, <laughs> no friend was just like, I don't casually date and I don't have casual friends. And that was something that I put on <laughs> myself 
that was not fair to those around me. So feeling mm. what felt like inauthentic responses from Ellie was like, wait, hold on. Like when when you like fell so deep into that with her and then I was like, whoa, like the jealousy over the bonding and then two, it's like, well, do you really mm-hmm. like them? Because like you just told that other group I saw you with, like One Direction was fine, but like you didn't have an opinion either way. It's like, so which is it? And mm-hmm. Until recently, Lily has been very bad with conflict. Yes. <laughs> That's my number one fear in life is people being mad at me, which I'm working on. Like, it's something that I don't want to, don't want to have that inauthentic this or that. Like, I don't want to be kind of in this middle gray area. Like, I want to know what I like and what I don't like and like stand firm. But yeah, when you, I think you said that to me, told me that that's how you felt. Like, I'm a chameleon. You said that a couple months ago. And that really, like, in my head, right? I was like, you know, I'm just kind of, I'm Switzerland. <laughs> I don't have like a super strong opinion each way but like of course we all have opinions it's just I was so scared to share my actual mm-hmm. opinion and like stand on it rather than going back and forth based on the people that like I was trying to please at the time yeah and I think being a chameleon is completely fine and I think it's a great skill to be able to fit in with groups the difference is like it's one thing to say I don't have an opinion it's another thing to like not state your real opinion right to me again not my life I shouldn't have cared that you did that as much but like I felt it as a personal attack which is Again, sure. my issue. Speaking of personal yeah. attacks, as our friendship, <laughs> I'm skipping ahead a little bit. As our friendship okay, really progressed, this whole kind of non-conflict thing got bigger. I can't fully remember the situation surrounding this. In synopsis, spoiler alert, if you've ever heard me reference a friend who didn't have the best time management skills, best planning ability. I knew this was coming. <laughs> Yeah. So take that for what you will. By now you should know how I feel about punctuality, keeping plans, canceling plans. Go listen to the brunch episode if you need any clarity from me. But when Lily would do this and I or someone else in the group may or may not have an opinion or frustration, we would go with the event and then maybe one of us would address it with Lily afterwards. Lily, do you remember the texts you would use to send? Yes. (laughs) Example or description of how those texts would be phrased? (laughs) Oh no. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So just um, to put it in context, uh, my family, like my actual family is in Ireland. So most of my, like my parents are here and my brother is here in America, but everyone that I know is in Ireland. And so growing up, I never really dealt with any conflict because I didn't have to, you know? Mm And I feel like in your childhood, a lot of the conflict that you have is in your family. And then obviously, as we talked about, I didn't have a ton of friendships. So I had no idea how to handle A, someone not liking me and B, someone being upset with me over my actions. So I I didn't really know how to take accountability. I didn't know how to apologize. I was very, very, very defensive. And I feel like when people came to me with issues that they had, I would make a lot of excuses and I'd get really angry, but like through text, like not in person. In person, I I would be like straight face, smiling you know you couldn't really tell but then I would like vent slash attack someone through text and I remember I actually haven't thought about this in so long but I remember me and had a lot of those exchanges like really like nasty like text messages and then we'd make we'd like kind of make up and then forgive and forget and move on yeah that's that's kind of how I learned to express my frustration was through text because I was too afraid to do it in person then when you're behind that wall of a phone like you just become so much worse than you really feel side note I, I 
I love to write and like mm-hmm. I write poetry and I like words and so I feel more comfortable expressing my words if I can like think and then write them down but we definitely had a lot of issues yeah. with that and the biggest thing for me is there was a time where I received one of these like thrashing text messages and surprise surprise I didn't handle it the best but we the four of us were supposed to hang out that day and we hung out about an hour after I received that a detective could not see that Lily was angry right <laughs> I think the one good thing about your chameleonist text message passive aggressive thing is once you sent it it was done for you like the issue from yeah. your side felt done right not very satisfying for the person in the argument with you but I you think know. it's good that you had a way to like, flesh it all out but like I remember hanging out with her after getting one of these and I was like am I really supposed to pretend like look at you like nothing's happening right now like what what is happening? yeah and that was definitely like a learned behavior too I'm not making any excuses because like I hate that that was kind of part of how I treated you guys but that's kind of how I learned from my parents how to handle conflict Mm -hmm. you have this like big explosion and then you just pretend that nothing happened Mm -hmm. so yeah looking back now it's like that's not who I thought I was at the time but it's interesting to talk to you about it years later Mm -hmm. and be like oh my gosh that was such such a negative and also I had a lot of like negative feelings my brother was really really sick at the time and I was dealing with a lot of other stuff again not trying to make excuses mm-hmm. for that but yeah context I think the interesting thing is like we as your friends and even before had a high level thing of your arthritis and your family's various health issues we'll call them mm-hmm. but you never talked about them and one of the things is you would get blood infusions plasma infusions mm-hmm. yeah it's like like IV infusions And sometimes those conflicted with our plans. (laughs) You would never say, hey, I'm getting something medically necessary for me to thrive and continue to survive. Like, sorry, I can't make it. It would just be like, oops, forgot. Yeah. Like that would do two things. Like one, it wouldn't give us the chance to like accurately emote in that situation because we were like, you forgot again. How did you forget again? And I don't know whether that was like a mechanism for you to not share that side with us or whatnot. But I I definitely think we've talked about this. Now, like there's so much more grace instead of resentment that would have built up personally in me. I mm-hmm. had maybe seen things a little bit more holistically, but because you were so good at keeping that, everything's fine. I'm happy. Let's go to the concert. Let's go do this. Like very, when you were present, you were down to do anything, very flexible, unlike me. Yeah. And so it was like always like a great thing to have around when you could be around. Right. That's so interesting. Yeah. And, and it's totally like what you said, like for me coping with my, and I'll probably talk about this uh, with Anne. Angela, but coping with my chronic illness is basically me pretending that I don't have it. Mm-hmm. And then when I do have to deal with it, like getting seizures or getting doing physical therapy or like all of this stuff, then I would kind of diminish it and brush it off as if it's not important. It doesn't really matter. In my head, I was like, I don't want to be burdening you guys with what's going on with me. So mm-hmm. if, I, if I minimalize it and make it like not a big deal and like, oh, sorry, can't make it to brunch because, eh, you know, things are happening mm-hmm. or I don't even know. But and also I was just scared of being vulnerable and like actually admitting because if I admit it to you guys I would be admitting it to myself like mm-hmm. how much it was to deal with them. and you and I both have this talk that in different ways we are both good at what I would call faking vulnerability in the yes. sense that we can be very vulnerable and very open around a few topics and subjects that we have so forth projected and told told ourselves that we're okay with sharing so for instance mm-hmm. very early on my adoption I was very proud very okay with everything I still am but I've been you doing the whole yes and thing a little bit more around it for me sharing that I was adopted was something that it happened and now I'm here and this is my life and what I didn't realize is how Lily or someone else heard that they're oh my god Jay is sharing with me and vice versa with Lily's illness like oh wow Lily really trusts me to talk about this illness she has and she's like really letting me in it's not Mm -hmm. until you continue friendships with Lily or I that you realize like oh no 
know, I really don't know as much as I think I know, or, oh, there are some very clear walls or ways that we in various ways will deflect from the things we really don't want to share by sharing other things that are not, not worth or not us being vulnerable. It's not vulnerable if you've already decided you're okay with fully sharing that part of your life. Exactly. Yeah. I feel like we would bring up the, our trauma as if we were talking about like, you know, our favorite sports team, you know, but like there was so much more going on underneath, underneath the surface. And like, there was just layers to it. And me bringing up my chronic illness is like, I bring it up to everyone. Like I bring it up to the first person I meet Mm -hmm. and it's kind of like with your adoption story and like does make you feel like you're being vulnerable. But then at the end of the day, like, I feel like you and I still are trying to break down some walls that we have had up for like our whole lives and like letting people in and seeing good and the bad. And that's something I'm still super uncomfortable with. So yeah, I think I'm glad that we were able to relate on that after like all these years, Mm -hmm. because it's something that I didn't see in myself. And I I didn't recognize it in you either. Probably because we both did it. (laughs) Because we both have really high walls. Yes. This kind of, as you could tell, was all kind of bubbling in me. And I don't know what was bubbling in Lily during this time. I think, tell me if I'm incorrectly speaking for you, but like, this was like your first shot at like real friendship. So Mm -hmm. whatever we might have done that you didn't like, it was like, well, thank God I have friends. So I'm not going to rock the boat. I'll forgive and let go of these things. I'm sure the three of us, probably we were just as big of a pain of the ass, but (laughs) you were afraid anything you said, you're well, they won't be friends with me because I bring this up. Like it's not worth it. So I'm just going to like shove it down or ignore it or whatever it may be. Totally. Yeah. I think the biggest frustration that I had on my end, because I was, I was pretty like disassociated throughout high school Mm -hmm. just because my brother was going through treatment and everything, but I was very like mentally checked out. But the only thing that really kind of upset me would be you guys did get upset that I couldn't make a plan, but it's because I wasn't being honest, you know? So I'd be like, why don't they understand? You know, I am going through this thing and they don't understand. They're upset that I can't make a brunch. And I, in my head, I'd be like, it's just brunch, you know, it's just, it's just a meeting, but it was way more than that. And it was because I wasn't communicating properly Mm -hmm. because you guys are like the most understanding people ever. And you're super patient and all three of you. So I think if I had been more honest and like I had been able to uh, trust people more Mm -hmm. than I did, then it would have been a lot different. And that goes with like your own vulnerability. You had to open yourself up to, to give us the chance to be understanding, which if you don't trust other people for whatever reason, it doesn't feel safe. You don't want to do, which is why we all have our coping mechanisms. So it's like, if you had just giving us the chance would have been you being vulnerable, which is like what you weren't prepared for in that time. Mm -hmm. So on my end, as you can tell, we've gone through a lot and kind of jumped (laughs) timelines a little bit. All of this was bubbling under the surface for me and feelings. And as all high schoolers do, I went to the other girls in the garage like, hey, like, are you seeing this with Lily? Like, I've been feeling these things. I've been trying to talk to her. Like, have you, both of them were like, absolutely not like, Jay, what are you talking not like you're crazy. Like we don't see it. Come to the infamous spring break trip of senior year. Oh my year. god. This spring break trip will haunt me for the rest of my life. Correct. Just to say, yeah, just to put that out there. I go into it in our spring break episode, a short thing. We wanted to fly to LA. Our parents had given us the permission. We wanted to live our best spring break. James Franco, Ashley Benson, Selena Gomez, Vanessa Hutchins life. The difference to fly or to take a train was $10. And Lily told us to take the train, a 13-hour train to Los Angeles, so she 
can make it. Three of us buy her tickets. Ten minutes later, Willie says she can't come. And then I'm laughing, but it's like it's so it's so not funny. But I'm laughing because it's just so hard for me to believe that like this even happened. You know what I mean? I'm sure it like, is for you. Yeah, <laughs> I've heard. We've all like laughed about this, but I know that this is like the worst thing ever, and I have so much guilt surrounding this trip and like the fact that you guys did change your plans to take this train when the flight would have been so much easier on everyone and I've thought about this a lot recently I don't know why recently but yeah it definitely shows that like I was just so unaware of like how my actions affected other people the frustration that you guys had after that trip I don't think I even processed it until like years later mm-hmm. like the funny thing was like all of a sudden after this trip happened a light bulb went off and our other friends like hey like did you realize like Lily I was literally like this is like when you find a band and everyone's like I don't know who that band is but all of a sudden everyone's like do you know who this band is like they're the best band that was like I literally told you about this like weeks ago years ago I brought yeah. this up I'm like welcome to the conversation again shouldn't have been a conversation because gossip is not yeah. fun gossip is not appropriate gossip is, gossip really just shows how ugly you are inside I say this as I remember as I still gossip so I'm not preaching mm-hmm. like, like I'm not there yet it's just kind of the way it is right so that happened so then all of a sudden two of us were going away from our hometown for college two of us were staying and this is kind of where I think I think it was good I think we all needed a break I think it's good think that so. we split up I think it gave us time to grow and mature and do things differently become again a new evolution of us and right in this time like we all did a lot of going and I remember when we came back Lily was very excited for those of us who had left to come back and I remember this I remember maybe the first or second trip I came back trying to meet up with Lily and things still weren't timing wasn't happening canceling plans and I kind of at this point I had set my expectations to probably this wasn't going to happen but I remember the first time our friend who went to school farther away came back not only did Lily make a plan she showed up 15 minutes early Mm. and was so excited and let her know how excited she was back and this is where even kind of deepened of like I felt again this is nothing that Lily did just I was who does this girl think she is I'm like I going like with the cult going with the Kanye quotes like I built her like I made this like what is (laughs) happening in my life yeah and it definitely was my own insecurity and it was also a thing of like it was a bit of jealousy because like got it like she's your new shiny friend at the moment like I get it mm. but the thing that hurt more was like oh so you can do these things I'm just not important enough for you to do them for again that's not the correct way to think about things I have a whole thing and Angela and I are going to go over this in an episode of if he wanted to he would I have a whole bunch of thoughts in short spoiler alert my addendum to it if he wanted to he would once you've made your needs clear right because I think just thinking if he wanted to, he would implies that like- They can read your mind kind of thing. Exactly. And that is not fair. Mm -hmm. So I remember that at this time, as I'm still working through everything, I was like, oh, okay, Lily can show up and Lily can be excited and Lily can do all these things. She's just choosing to not do it for me. And I think on my end, it's not a fair thing to say, how do you know Lily's not choosing this? Like what I'm telling myself, like, oh, well, she doesn't think I'm a good enough friend. I'm not this enough. I'm not that enough. Sorry, I didn't go like become some superstar or something like to be Mm -hmm. worthy of this, which again, was not fair. But a lot of my projection onto you came from that. And I think that in our dynamic, that was kind of something that was weighing on me for a while that I didn't know how to articulate because it's like, we're in college, we're adults now. Why am I going to do this? Like at this point, like it didn't really feel like there was a time to bring it up, a thing to say anything like, because I was seeing you like once or twice a year. And then on like the good end, Lily came to my sorority date party my second year. We all went to Disneyland and it was very fun. Yes, it was very fun. Going with Lily's time management. The only thing I do remember is you got in AM when 
your flight was in at night. I believe you were there 13 <laughs> hours early, but hey, better early than late. Oh my God. <laughs> yes. Yes. I did arrive to the airport at 11 AM and uh, I checked my flight and I was confused. And then I saw 11 PM, not a great time management uh, skill. Mm. It's gotten better, but uh, yeah. What was it like for you to have us go away? Did you feel like the difference in the way you were treating us? Like, again, I was only speaking from my point of view, you staying back with the mm. other girl, like what was going through your head that first like year or two of us kind of like coming back for breaks or communicating like not being as tight as we were as it was like one of your first like long-term friendships at that point right yeah well our relationships definitely went long distance and I didn't really understand like how that was supposed to work so for me personally my first year of college was really tough because I only applied to one school <laughs> and I went to that one school it was a local school and at the time I lived at home and so I was really just kind of first of all figuring out like what I wanted to do. Spoiler alert, I ended up changing majors three times and <laughs> took me eight years to graduate. But I definitely saw you and the other friend that moved away. I was very, very jealous mm -hmm. at the time. I was kind of like regretting my decision to stay at home, but I was happy to still have other friends there with me in, in our hometown. So I kind of, I definitely relied on her and I leaned on her mm -hmm. and any new friends that she would make, I would try to like integrate myself into her friend group, which definitely, I, I understand now that a lot of my toxic like ways of I just I feel like I want everyone to like me and if I'm not a part of a group that I feel like I should be a part of I get really like really jealous and so yeah I was trying my hardest felt like I was restarting and I was trying to keep in touch with you and everyone but that's definitely when our group that we call the sisterhood <laughs> we definitely drifted and it's kind of hard for me to hear you say that like you know when you came back you felt like I didn't want to see you or like I wanted to see the other friend more because that's definitely not how I felt at all it's just I don't know if like it was kind of I don't know what I was thinking or how that happened or how I think it was a build-up like you said of everything that we've gone through mm -hmm. in the past few years and then finally like being in on the in the same place and we were expecting it to feel like it did before mm -hmm. or like even better you know like a big reunion mm -hmm. but for me like I I had been in the same place the whole time it was it wasn't like I was coming home after like this big like exciting experience away from home like I was just there mm -hmm. like nothing had changed for me except for the fact that I had lost two of my best friends so I think it was definitely hard and I think that was the start of the end <laughs> not the end but like the pause I don't know again our other mm -hmm. friend was in a bigger more fun more glamorized city mm -hmm. so I think it's like oh yeah totally well I I tend to put like people on a bit of a pedestal sometimes um Same here. with that friend in particular I was kind of like living through her mm -hmm. a little bit and so because you guys had changed so much but I was the, still the same me uh -huh. and so I think I was trying to figure out like who I am in relation to you guys and, mm -hmm. and college is such a confusing experience yes we definitely had different college experiences because of the fact that like both were in sororities but you were like off campus and you were like in a different town mm -hmm. and for me it was like very very different definitely and I think it's funny that you mentioned how different we were and how like you felt like you didn't do anything you felt like you didn't change because the thing is like I remember coming back and feeling very humbled by the fact that like I felt like you guys did move on you did make new friends you guys were making efforts to even staying to evolve your 
world and to change it. And I remember coming back, but I was like, wait, I'm coming back. And like, they have their own lives now. Like what's happening? Wow. It wasn't, and it wasn't a, they shouldn't have new friends. They shouldn't evolve either. It was more just a thing of like, I don't know necessarily where I fit in this group anymore because I know I've texted you guys individually. We text together, but it's a thing of, I remember after my freshman year of college coming back, I remember I made a very active effort of like, I don't know if I even spoke this out loud to you guys, but like, I know I said in my head, like we need to do new things and we need to do more things because even after one year of coming back for Christmas break and spring break and and summer break, I was like, we're not, and I don't think any relationship is, we can't just be friends over. Do you remember when we did this? Yeah, we definitely leaned a lot on like, remember junior prom? Like remember (laughs) this one guy that was in, (laughs) that was in your math class? Yeah. I know. Yeah. But it's like nostalgia is awesome. And like, it's the reason that we still are so strong after so long. Mm -hmm. I I do remember you saying like, it's time for us to like have new experiences together and like try to figure out who we are as a, as a friend group outside of our high school, Mm -hmm. still in our hometown. We would get boba all the time. Like that was just our thing. Like we'd get like ramen and boba and like, we still continue to do that. But you saying like, we need to do new things. It's so true because you can't just keep repeating the same habits and patterns that you did when you were 18. Mm -hmm. And I remember like jumping back a little when you came down for date party at this point you and I were doing better but like we hadn't talked about anything so for both of us things were bubbling slowly bubbling and I remember saying a few times to my college friends like I don't know how I'm gonna act I was excited to see you yeah and I was also afraid because I'm like I know how Lily and I can get into it I know how our high school dynamic can be I know what kind of person I turn into and none of these people had seen me this way I'm never a chill person one of the things that I'm sure for Lily and anyone who's ever gracious decided to be friends with me knows I can be controlling I like to plan things I'm very precise I'm very punctual I don't Mm -hmm. like living in the gray area I don't like not knowing things I don't like being flexible all things I'm working on but like it's not fair to others and I've gotten a lot better over the years but like that's just like the black and white mentality I had back then so I remember like talking to my college friends like I'm excited to see Lily but I'm like also afraid because like I don't want my college friends to see me that way because yes they've seen some of it but like I'm gonna just be honest like nothing gets me pettier than when the four of us like even to this Mm. day like get into it a little bit I don't know about you but it's like I get like dragged back to like sitting in the hallway and like having it fester like when we when something would happen yeah of course no I I feel the same way over a long friendship you know where those buttons are so like anytime one of those buttons gets pushed with me I'm like don't say it you have a lot to say but don't say it someone else could push that button and I have a completely different response but because of our history when like one of you hits it it's like like let's get into this yeah and I think it's probably because we're just comfortable with each other like Mm -hmm. we are like sisters at this point Mm -hmm. like we've all fought with each other and we've all had issues but we all love each other and I feel like we're able to be way more honest now but I do feel like that like sometimes when we get back together it's kind of like it doesn't become like high school again but we're all that's just how we are used to communicating I think time for probably what I've clickbait everyone with our friendship breakup. Yes, let's do it. Basically, I said something that I thought was in confidence to Lily. It ended up not being in confidence. And this is where I kind of was like, this was the line, the very thick line I decided to draw on the same. Do you have anything to add? Well, do you remember what year that was? Because I have no idea. I believe 2018. I wanted to say that too. Okay. Yes, I do remember this. Something about me that I, I'm really trying to change like very, very uh, intentionally is I cannot keep a secret. I don't know if it's like a boundary thing. I think it is, but I just find it really hard. Like I think that someone wants to hear something or like basically never tell me anything because I find it really hard to keep it to myself. Mm-hmm. 
And I think it does go along with people pleasing. Like I, for a long time, I do whatever it took to get someone to like me. And if that means like sharing personal information about someone else, that's what I used to do Mm -hmm. because it's an easy way, first of all, to build closeness with someone. This is like so toxic. (laughs) Like I don't, I don't recommend doing this obviously, but it's, if you're super desperate to feel close to someone, then it's an easy way to build that connection quickly and to build so like supposed trust. Yeah. So I don't remember what the context was about what I shared, but. I do remember that's what happened. This was like my line and the same was like, this is it. I remember it was April because mm-hmm. I remember this happened right around Lily's birthday. <laughs> within two or three days of Lily's birthday. And so I was like, I want to take like a day or two to cool off before I say anything. And I remember I was like, crap, in this cool off period is on Lily's birthday. That's just like a mean thing to do to someone on their birthday. (laughs) Like, I'm not going to do that. Like, I was like, I can't do that. Like, like, and it's like, I'm not going to wait to do it after because then it's like like a week and I'm like, this isn't. So. Yeah. Well, that's that's one of the things that like I love about you is that you are so considerate and it's probably because kind of overthink things Mm -hmm. a little bit, but like in a way that you're just considering everyone around you. Mm-hmm. So I think, first of all, if that were me, like I, I don't think I would have put that thought process into like, oh, it's her birthday. And I'm very impulsive. It's because I'm an Aries, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm very impulsive. And like sometimes like with those text messages we were talking about before, like I just like, I'll say it and then that, and you know, you move on. But mm. I do appreciate that like you didn't do that to me on my birthday. I'm sure somewhere I think I saved it because I was very proud of the message I curated. I think I only ran it again. This is about me maturing. I only ran it by I think like one other person because not everyone needs to know that I'm about to say this because then they're also dragged into what I said to start this and more people needed to be involved. I think I ran it by like one or two people who I very much tr- I think probably my college friends who I very much trusted mm-hmm. to like who weren't going to be triggered or heated by whatever the situation was and they're like no it's good. What I basically said in this message was I've felt this since the beginning of our friendship that like I was like a stepping stone for you to become friends with my other friends and not to ignore me but to like not give me again this is my own toxicity give me like the praise I deserve for even like including you in this friendship and Mm -hmm. between the tardiness and everything and like finally at this point of like this passive aggressive like situation I was like I am done and what I said by that Mm -hmm. and the thing is it's not a real friendship breakup sorry for the clickbait it was I am taking you out of my tier one of friends. Like you are no longer in the tier of people who I go to to confide in, who I actively will make plans with, who I will put effort towards including in my life. Because I also at this point was realistic enough to know like she's still friends with the other girls and we're gonna have to hang out. So it's not like I can just be like, I'm cutting you out. And then like all four of us need to get into like to media, something like it's not like that. It was just thing of like Mm -hmm. when they come into town or something happens, like I will see you. I will be happy. We'll be pleasant. We'll talk. But like, I'm not going to like put as much effort into the friendship, which I felt I was not getting effort back in through this. And at the end, it's like, I'm not petty. I'm not unfollowing you on Instagram. I'm not going to like trolling you on the internet. If you ever really need something, you can still always call me. But for my mm-hmm. own like boundary sake, I'm removing you out of like that close. We'll call it like the bridesmaid tier of friends. Yeah. Honestly, that was like a very mature way of handling that situation. I don't think I would have been at that mature place to like break up (laughs) with you like that. Because it was like we were, we did have such like a close, honestly, like family, like bond. Mm -hmm. And you putting that boundary up and saying like, I can't be close to you anymore. That was, it was a big deal at the time. Mm -hmm. That was like most of 2018. But we did see each other after that. Yeah, of course. And like nothing, I don't think anything changed in the dynamic of our group. I don't know. Maybe it did for you. It didn't for me because I was like when I would see her because group plans are made group plans are made and I'd be like oh how's your brother how's your cat how's this how's that like I could have a conversation and I 
still care a lot for her. It was just like, I'm not giving you the same amount of attention or effort as I used to. As much caring like, oh, like, how is she doing? Is she going to classes? How's her sorority? How's her big? How's all of this? I just emptied out of my mind. Mm -hmm. Did it feel different for you on that time? I don't think it felt awkward or like weird or anything. At that time, I was in a sorority. And so I was trying to juggle like a lot of new friendships and new relationships. And I was working and I think I had moved out for like a year at that point in my life Mm -hmm. and so uh, us like taking a break and like we needed space I feel like we just needed space at that Mm -hmm. point to like process everything and like understand what are the things because I I felt like we were kind of hoping that the other one would change and then we just needed to realize like we needed to analyze our own selves and like see what we were doing that was like affecting the other one and the other relationship and so that space really helped us like figure that out I don't remember it being weird or awkward because you know our group our friend group will always I think we'll always be friends Mm -hmm. till the grave I don't remember when like we started talking again though I'm trying to I'm trying I have such a bad time with like timelines and I'm trying to figure out when everything happened and went down frankly I would probably say 2020 2021 is when I finally like been able to communicate and talk more regularly with the necessary boundaries on both sides in place I think the thing is for me over those few years, I still observed some of the things I brought to your attention occurring. So Mm -hmm. on my end, I was like, I'm not going to put myself in the situation. Like I remember when you moved out, there was a Christmas party the four of us went to at your house. And like, I don't know, for me, after that friendship fell apart, I feel like the wheels started to turn for you. Yes. Oh, yeah. A hundred percent. Well, I throughout college, like from 2013 to 2017, I went through like a ton of different phases in my life. Yes. I (laughs) worked in like a coffee shop and I smoked cigarettes and like, you know, I I was. Yeah, please don't smoke. It's really bad for you. And then I was like a sorority girl for a minute. So I was like, I feel like I was kind of going through a continual identity crisis for my whole college experience. And then like once our friendship kind of ended, Mm -hmm. well, paused. Yeah. <laughs> Once it paused, um, I kind of had to figure out like what was going on with me and like why did like that relationship stop? Because I was, you know, you we were so close for so long. Mm-hmm. And then the other two girls, the dynamic in our in our relationships changed so much. Mm-hmm. And so I definitely did start to like understand what was happening and the things I needed to work on. And I had other friendships fall apart for like very similar reasons later on because I didn't keep up with plans or because I you know all the same things that were contributing to like the reasons that you and I weren't close anymore so it wasn't just me being neurotic no not at all <laughs> well and also it's interesting to look back because people can change like very quickly in the mm-hmm. span of those two years I think was it two years that we didn't talk one year year and a half we were fine when we were together but we didn't actively outside of like group things start talking again until 2020 I think. Yeah, I think that's right. So it definitely was a long time. And like two years is more than enough time for someone to like grow into a Mm. completely different person. The thing that was also, you were saying one of us was expecting the other to change. The thing that hurt me the most that I had realized, I can't make Lily change in this. Like I know Mm -hmm. I'm getting hurt, but it's like the only thing I can do is like remove the part that's hurting me because I can't say like Lily show up on time Lily text me back Lily do this because it's like I learned this through watching some of my friends go through not great relationships it's like no matter how much you tell someone something until they want to do it it's not going to happen and I had known that before Lily and I had this pause and I was like I can't make her do anything and clearly she's not in a space able to see anything to do anything so Mm -hmm. I think that's the part that was so painful for me it's like I know at this point with me doing this this is all I have control over doing the passive aggressive the 
fighting, like the resentment wasn't serving either of us. I heard this quote on the internet from Bethany Frankel, The Real House of New York. It's not her quote, but she's where I first heard it. And I think it's helped me a lot, particularly with my friendship with Lily. It's like holding on to anger is like drinking poison and hoping the other person dies. I was angry. I was bitter. I was doing all of this. And Lily and her bubbly chameleon self had, I don't know if she had a clue or not, but it wasn't based on her actions and our conversations. Didn't seem like she had any clue that I was festering with all of this. And I was like, I'm done. Not like I'm done festering alone, but it's like, I'm done holding so much space for this when it doesn't feel like there's any space being held on the other. Yeah, completely. I don't think I I really understood how any of you felt until like years, years later. Mm. Especially since I kind of went through a similar situation with another girl. Um, You can't be holding on to like all these negative feelings to someone Mm. and then just expect everything to like get better overnight. Like sometimes you do need to take a pause and you do need to both evaluate like where your friendship has suffered and the things that you need to like confront about yourself in regards to the other person. But to kind of like get on to like, why are we friends still? Like, how did we come back from this? How did we make it this far? (laughs) Exactly. And I think, I think like a lot of people, like the pandemic had everyone reevaluated everything that's gone on in their life up to this point and how they want to continue moving through life. Uh, Yes. The thing for me, if you would ask me in high school, even early college, it's Jay, like, why is, why are you and Lily going through this? Lily's doing this. Lily has these issues. Lily just can't (laughs) get her life together. And I, I'm suffering would have been the narrative I would have given like absolutely no doubt in going back into therapy and really thinking about it and kind of going back to the if he wanted to he would I was expecting Lily to just like want to do better for me and care about me enough to do better without letting her know about this because one of the things that bugged me the most which again is my problem is like when we would see Lily after feeling a certain type of way she seemed like she was absolutely fine and it's like how are you fine knowing that I'm upset with you like how are mm-hmm. you doing this I decided to interpret and project that like oh well she doesn't care that's what it means that she doesn't care did I ask her whether she cared or not absolutely not absolutely did I ever like actually directly like speak to her on these things and granted because of the text messages we used to get like I had reason not to but it doesn't mean like people couldn't change she couldn't change things and it's like I didn't give her the opportunity to I just let things sit with me and get frustrated and once I had the boundary talk I just felt so relieved because like anything I do with Lily from now on is not in a bad way is like is optional anytime I reach Mm -hmm. out to her it's without expecting anything back. Anytime I make plans with her, it's without expecting anything back because she knows where I currently have her sitting in my life. Mm -hmm. And that, not that I didn't think you could change, but I wasn't waiting for you to change. I wasn't expecting you to change. So like anything we did plan or talk about, I was like, Lily is still Lily until she changes and like shows me enough that I can trust her in a way to like put her back into the upper tier or even, I've even dismantled my own tier system, but that's not for this podcast. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> until I've decided like I can be closer with her and talk to her more often and we can actually have a relationship was nothing I expected of you. And if that's a thing, it's like my expectations of what it meant to be a friend. And it's like, you got absolved of all of that once I put that boundary up of like, you're not in that tier in my life anymore. So therefore, like anything I did became optional and was like me completely giving freely to you because it was like, I'm not expecting her to have changed. Yeah. Well, I remember, uh, I can't remember what we were doing. We were like meeting up for lunch or something and I was early and you were like so excited. (laughs) You were like, oh my gosh, Mm -hmm. you're like 10 minutes early. That's crazy. And in my head, I was like, what do you, I didn't realize it was such, you've told me before, obviously, that it's a big deal to you and like being Mm -hmm. on time and like showing up to a plan. Yeah. But that was kind of when it really sunk in. Like, this is something that's really important to her. And Mm -hmm. like, if I love her as a friend, which I obviously do, 
mm-hmm. then that is something that like, it's an easy thing for me to adjust and that will strengthen our relationship. I appreciate. I think when I bring up issues in a more inquisitive way, you're more receptive to talking about them. So instead mm-hmm. of like, Lily, you were late again. It's, hey, like, I know that you have a lot going on and that timing's not your thing. Can you just like text me a little bit if you think you can't make it? Mm-hmm. There would be times where Willie like would text me after we were done hanging out. Hey, I can't make it. Yeah. And like that hasn't happened in years. And the other thing which I'm working on with all my friends and even myself is like, you have to give people space to make the changes. Because if like, if every time, even though I know she's trying to be more punctual, I still assume she's going to be late. I'm Mm. not giving space for her to change. You also have to be graceful giving people time to change and to grow. Because if you're just like, well, like they're always going to be like this. That was a version of me from three years ago. Like you're not really seeing who they are. And then also like, you're not giving space to have the relationship you want. Exactly. Well, I think growth <laughs> at my new job, I work at this church. And so we talk about like our core values. <laughs> yeah. I want to talk about core values for a second. But one of mine is growth and like being a better version of you than you were yesterday in whatever form that might be. But just talking about the ways that I used to like interact with people and like who I was in high school, I didn't really have any understanding of like anyone else at the time. And so it's, it's like obviously like embarrassing and painful and like, you know, it's not easy to talk about all the like mistakes you made in your past, but it is so important to like talk about it because it might be something that like someone listening to this can recognize in themselves and then make that improvement. Ghosting, I used to ghost people all the time. <laughs> I used to like cancel on people all the time and like these are things that I'm not obviously proud of that I did but it is like if I don't do that anymore then that we call it a win you celebrate your wins and like you you're honest about the things that like maybe you didn't see at the time but like now you see yeah not to not to get all churchy but like having core values is like (laughs) pretty important that's not a church thing that's a moral thing it's good that the church is church is one way to get that installed it's not the only way to get it installed but I think whatever whatever makes you reflect in a positive way I think is good whether it's church a mentor Mentor, your sorority, your boyfriend, your therapist, whoever totally. it is, better is better. You can't grow until you acknowledge where you are. In my yes. in therapy terms, there's an awareness because if you don't think you have anything to change, you're not going to change. Exactly. Yeah. And it was also like, if you're in denial about the things that people are telling you, like on a consistent basis, I was hearing the same things, but I was, they don't understand the full picture, but that it's just a form of denial where you're, you're not ready or willing to like see the bad parts of yourself. Mm-hmm. and make those corrections who is not opening themselves up fully like they're well they don't understand the full picture but it's like whose responsibility is it to show them that full picture yes exactly I saw a TikTok it's like no <laughs> one else is responsible for you like how did it go no one else is responsible for you and like your growth and your mm-hmm. your uh opinions I'll find it I'll find it later, <laughs> okay one of my favorite quotes again, from my therapist, who I understand therapy is a luxury for some people and is expensive and things, which is why I try to share as much as I can on here. It's like, you have 100% control out of your 50% of any relationship, which has really helped Mm. me reframe and think about my relationship. If I'm like, oh, I'm not going to invite Lily because I don't think she'll come. It's like, I'm controlling Lily's 50% there. I'm saying like, well, she's not going to come. So why am I going to ask her? But by doing that, I've decided to control the whole situation. Like maybe Lily has changed. Maybe she would come. Maybe she wants to come. Or maybe if she can't come, she'll hand 
handle it more maturely and like communicate mm-hmm. it. But if I don't mm-hmm. even give Lily the opportunity, I'm deciding fate of our relationship independently, which isn't a relationship. Yeah, that's true. And also I feel like you and I talk a lot about like in dating, it's avoidant or- um, The attachment styles? The attachment styles. Yes. I feel like for a long time, I was super avoidant mm-hmm. just within myself. Like I was avoiding how I felt or how mm-hmm. I, the actions that I had impacting other people. I feel like since you and I started talking more and more about like the history and just everything that's mm-hmm. happened, I've learned a lot about the ways that I attach. And you and I obviously are like working to like be more securely attached, but mm-hmm. it's just good to understand what you're working with. Lily had various commitment, attachment, time, things going on, but somehow everything would fall into place around various <laughs> things. Like one example is the SATs. Somehow Lily like missed the first test, was running late to the second test, and still scored very well. Things of various natures and dating and opportunities just would fall into, let me repeat, as an outsider were perceived to fall into Lily's lap. Right. And it was Interesting. Things like, how how does this keep happening? I'm over here. And again, I statements. I'm over here busting my ass, working hard, mm. putting in all this work. And then like Lily gets offered my dream job or Lily gets this or something happens to happen. It's like, why? How? Like, how is this a fair world? That's so interesting. Like once the world isn't fair, period, I need to stop. And people in general, if you have the same thought, need to just stop with that mentality. Two, when Lily finally moved alone to Texas is to me where I saw the biggest growth and change because I think that was your first time fully on your own. Yeah, a hundred percent. So COVID really kind of stripped everything out of my life. The pandemic, I graduated in 2020 in May. So I didn't get a graduation. Um, I ended a lot of friendships with people. There was a lot of other issues just related to like everything that happened, family issues. So I really, I was at a point where I needed to get away. And I remember before I left, we had like a ton of wildfires going on. And so the sky turned like bright red this one morning. And I just took it as a like I just needed to get out of the city and like just go somewhere fresh and new and so I settled on Texas because I wanted to go somewhere warm I wanted somewhere affordable somewhere like absolutely just different to what I was used to um so I decided on Texas and I remember going to meet up with you and I kind of just dropped it on you like I'm moving to Texas in two days (laughs) and so you guys were like a little confused which is normal I genuinely don't really have an explanation of how that all happened like you said I just feel like sometimes like things just happen to me like not fall in my lap but like I'm a very low effort person like I I don't really put in a lot of effort into like my look or like my like the SAT or the college I go to I just kind of cruise through life which isn't good like I feel like living a life by design is better than living by just default like things happening yeah I, I moved to Texas and suddenly I couldn't like rely on anyone but myself to grow and to improve and um I actually on my way to Texas I didn't have a driver's license because I grew up in a city Mm-hmm. And so I, I drove to LA, got my driver's license, drove out to Texas and reality hit and it hit hard. And I realized like how important my friendships were to me and like, just being in this new place in the middle of America, like no one and nothing. I didn't have a job. I didn't have healthcare. I adopted a cat out here because <laughs> I was so lonely, <laughs> but I, I truly didn't have like, I was starting from scratch. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I definitely think that that played a part in strengthening my friendships with you and with the other girls and people from my hometown because I saw how precious they were and like just having history with someone and like having that level of comfortability with someone that you grew up with 
it's it's honestly like it's one of a kind the relationships that you have mm-hmm. I started to like really want to fight for them and like hold on to the relationships that I was leaving behind and I didn't want to like just be in isolation out here by myself what do you think are some tangible things or more mindful things you started doing when you had that realization the pandemic in general made me a lot more introverted and so mm-hmm my my circle of people like drastically closed in mm-hmm. and so I was I, it's not like I didn't have people to turn to but I figured out the people that I did want to keep in my life and that were helping me and encouraging me to grow in a positive way and a lot of the fake friendships that I had built up over the years like the, the co-worker relationships or some of my sorority relationships mm-hmm. they kind of fell through because you have to put effort into a relationship to keep them going especially if you move and you're not with them like it's mm-hmm. not con- that sounds bad but like you know what I mean if you're with someone yeah. every day it's different it's interesting I always thought I was extroverted mm-hmm. too but I love people and I love meeting people in okay. short bursts when we all used to hang out I would go home and I'd feel like super drained mm-hmm. and exhausted but I always pinned that on like having a chronic okay. illness and it's the meds that are making me tired but it's it I realized like I love to like go out for an hour or two and like the more people the merrier but then I do need a lot of time to like recharge okay. like the way people would like phrase it was incorrect they're like oh well if you like people you're extroverted and if you're shy you're introverted it's like no it's like how your social battery charges and refuels because that makes a lot more sense because yeah. a lot of people who you're I'm an introvert like, no you're not you like to go to parties that doesn't mean I'm not an introvert because I can socialize well mm-hmm. and I think that's what the misconception was for a lot yeah. of people much prefer mm-hmm. alone time me making art like painting with my cat mm-hmm. is like my perfect day yeah it's it is interesting I feel like we've all learned a lot about ourselves throughout this process of like mm-hmm. the lockdown and quarantine and just having to like sit with yourself I would trade anything to not have the pandemic literally anything however since it, it did happen I am grateful at the point I am in my life where I feel like I'm still young enough I can implement a lot of these changes before I become a parent and become like bitter and old and all that no offense to other people but like it's happening at like it's like <laughs> fortunately it's like we're out of high school like I think having it happen in our age range is kind of like the ideal position for it to happen for us yeah I agree the the whole thing with like kind of restarting Mm -hmm. our friendship after everything like it did happen pretty much when Mm -hmm. COVID happened because you and I started to like just kind of be be more vulnerable with each other about how it was affecting us Mm -hmm. personally and like opening up about dating and about living at Mm -hmm. home and like all the struggles that we were going through it definitely helped to like relate to you and we were both feeling like lonely I think that definitely helped the pandemic definitely helped our friendship and I think we kind of said it's like a lot of that is because like we were able to understand ourselves better and then communicate that to the other one rather than being like hey like I changed because you thought this would be better or I'm doing this for you it's like I did this for myself and one of the tools I have now can help me communicate better or one of the tools can help me express myself better which I think is the real yes. thing the other thing I think that like something that has helped me a lot is like I don't as the kids say on TikTok our friendship is not a part of my personality trait anymore mm. and I think that me in this dynamic of these four people is my personality trait is how I move through the whole world and the way I reflect back to myself isn't healthy because one it's reliant on three other people versus just myself and two like you said what if that is to end who are you without that and I think that's part of like choosing to have people in my life it's a choice it's not because we've been friends for so long we're gonna be friends it's being intentional of when we talk what we do who I invite on the podcast how that goes I'm being intentional with it which therefore 
also it gives us all more sense of autonomy. Mm-hmm. Kind of everyone had that in 2020. Who am I without my job, without my workout class, without yeah. my family, depending on how you were quarantining? Who am I like without my partner? Who am I with a partner? You had to really just kind of like, if you did the pandemic, right? Try to like look at yourself independently of external factors and things. But like, who am I and who do I want to be? Yeah, exactly. Also, I feel like our one of our favorite book series, The Click, oh, you know, growing oh, up. God. <laughs> I I thought that that's like, that's what friendship oh, was. God. Like you, you have like your group and there's Massey and Claire and, oh, and, you know, Dylan and you have like, so like that is, I know, I know, but like, that's what I thought it was. And that's how I like acted for so long. You know, that book series, it was toxic, but it also like definitely shaped a lot of the ways that I behaved and like me moving out here and like coming to Texas and kind of growing up into like the adult that I want to be leaving behind a lot of ways of looking at life and looking at like relationships and you know like you said who are you outside of the group and if Kristen isn't like you know the sporty one in the click series like who Mm -hmm. is she and I feel like we all kind of figure that out this year and it was painful and it was really like lonely and hard but we definitely have come out of it stronger I think so did you stop making your in and out lists (laughs) never I know. And I I definitely was the Claire of the group. Like, I know it. (laughs) That's okay with me. But I didn't like I kind of shaped my my role within the four of us as like kind of like the comedic relief, like the funny, quirky, but like (laughs) relatable, but kind of like, you know what I mean? And it's like, we're not characters, you know, we are, we're just people with like flaws. And once the pandemic happened, and like, like you said, we lost all of the story plot lines of our lives. Like I worked at this restaurant that closed down. I broke up with my boyfriend at the time. I I ended a really close friendship. My camp burned to the ground because of all the wildfires. So literally, yeah, literally everything in my life like perished at once. And I'm still trying to figure out like, who am I? I'm, I'm trying to get into my art right now. And I'm trying to like figure out Texas is the place that I want to continue and you know there's just so many moving parts but the one thing that's been the most stable is like you and like Mm -hmm. the sisterhood that we have and just like having you not as like a comfort blanket Mm -hmm. but like you and I have been through Mm -hmm. so much if we continue like the way we go our friendship is only going to get stronger I agree one of the things I don't know about you since this is your first podcast you've been on like it's always very cathartic to talk everything out like and it's kind of like yeah kind of going back to like you texting behind a screen and like how much more free you're able to be. I feel like podcasting does that. Like you're able, yeah, like nice. you're either having a conversation or you're talking to yourself, but you're able to fully like expand and just talk without like an audience, even though it does go out. It's like a cool, like you're able to be more authentically yourself. At least that's how I feel. I, I think it's really, really good to talk. And I think therapy is really, really good. And it's something that I need to mm-hmm. do. But yeah, talking to you, it's like, I've learned so much more about myself and like who I used to be versus who I want to be. And I think maybe you have as well because I feel like you and I have really challenged each other over the years when you get really mad at something a multitude of reasons the two main one for me it's either one of two things either I see something in you that I have myself or two I see yeah. something I don't have that I want in someone else those are the mm. two main things I have no chill and Willie is all chill I'm like a duck like my feet are like 
flopping under the water so dang fast. Like, I just, it's not me. I can't, I can't do it. <laughs> Similarly with vulnerability thing, not being authentic to who you are and being afraid of being accepted, which I did have. And seeing that probably reflected in you was like very difficult for me, I think. Because like when something mm. like quote unquote, like triggers you, think about if it is one of those reasons or it might be a completely other reason, but like, I think those are the two most common ones. Yeah, completely. Yeah, there's usually something way deeper going mm. on. Throughout the years, like you said, I am sometimes a little too chill and I just don't really like, take the time to think about anything else other than like what's going on. Or from you, I learned that you have to be kind of aware of the ripple effect of your actions and like really thinking about what's actually bothering you versus maybe me showing up late, the bigger picture mm. behind why an issue. For a long time, I couldn't connect those two things. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't see the big picture, the full picture. I was just looking at the day-to-day things that Mm -hmm. were happening. Personal growth, friendship growth. (laughs) Thank you for coming to our therapy session. (laughs) It's been real. Lily, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. And this is honestly, I don't think we've ever had like a conversation like this in the 10 years we've known each other. So we've had like the bits and pieces of it, but like, I don't think like there's often a reason to chronological like your entire friendship with somebody. I think like that's more of the reason, like creating this platform yeah. and having conversations like this. Like you said, I don't think a lot of people do deep dives into like all of the problems that mm-hmm you've had with someone in this kind of style, but I think it's been really, really interesting. And I've definitely learned a lot. Me too. I think a few takeaways from here, like things are far less personal than we make them. Like I said, Lily's actively mm. choosing to do this. Lily's doing this, or maybe she's not. And like, I realize I have some jealousy and attachment issues. Like I need to work on. It doesn't mean that Lily's behavior should be excused or forgiven, but mm. it also means like, why does it bother you more than it bothered another friend? You realize once you were getting consistent feedback, oh, now is the time. I should look at this but when it was just like me or one of our other friends of the group or something like you didn't really bat an eye at it yeah when to look inward and when hear feedback versus like when to just kind of like let it roll off and I don't want that to come across like I didn't value your feedback or like anything that you were saying but after a while if if you start to see patterns human brains love patterns and so I feel like the more that you hear something the more that it it has time to sink in the more you see the consequences Mm -hmm. of the things that are happening and you can connect the dots then easier to make changes from that in all honesty I didn't give feedback I gave criticism to people I was like I judged people I was like hey like just do better like be a better person like I wasn't (laughs) I was as constructive as I could be at the time I didn't give people reasons to want to do it it wasn't like hey it really hurt my feelings when this because I felt like I wasn't valued it was hey just do better Mm. because like a good person would do better which doesn't really motivate anyone to do anything. (laughs) That's, yeah. I mean, yeah. It's good that we can just both be honest and like, I'm not blaming you. You're not blaming me. It's like, and we were, we were young too. Like now that we're both 26, you're 26, right? Okay. I'm turning 27 soon. I don't want to talk about it, but now that we're like almost 30 and like, absolutely absolutely not. (laughs) Yeah. Now that we're not teens, we can kind of be mature about things that we both did wrong and things Mm -hmm. that we both have worked on since so I love that when I sent Lily that message of like hey my line is drawn she could have been like okay screw you I'm friends with the other girls and like we'll make it work a lot of things could have come out of that situation and mm-hmm. whenever whatever you end up saying when it is something to the extent of like here's because it's like I didn't just put up a boundary I put up like I built a wall I built a very very thick brick wall because we needed space yeah yeah you know you you locked yourself <laughs> yeah, in a exactly. castle and that was okay <laughs> that's not necessarily how every relationship friendship breakup can go but it's a thing of like if you're the person initially 
initiating it, you need to be okay with what you send and like be okay with never getting a response or, or never mending or never changing because I see tons of improvement, but it's not because I sent her that text. Message. Well, I didn't improve because I did that. Mm. You don't change for other people. You change for yourself. <laughs> Thank God I'm not her. We don't, we don't know her. It's about trusting yourself and like also like trusting other people. Yes. It's hard. We get it. Yeah. It's very hard. Yeah. We, we always talk about who's going to be the next wedding in our friend group. Where do we say you fall in this dynamic? One of our friends is already married, but of the three of us, where do we tell you you're going to get placed? Either first or last. Exactly. You know, no I'm, way. I'm impulsive enough to like, if I meet someone and I know this about myself, like I either fall hard or I ghost someone. So we're trying to work on that. <laughs> but yeah, I'll, I'll either be next or, or last or maybe never. Maybe it's just going to be me and Shaggy, my cat. Stay tuned. Oh, jeez. <laughs> well, Lily, you are starting to sell your watercolors and such things. Do you want to plug yes. your Instagram? I don't know which one you're going to be using. Yeah, I'd love to. Follow me. My Instagram is my name. It's Lily Shouldai, spelled S-H-O-U-L-D-I-C-E. I have started doing more art and it's honestly because I'm, I've been really homesick. I've been doing art of California. <laughs> so I might be moving back to California. Who knows? I've been talking about moving here, there and everywhere. Mm-hmm. But if you're interested in looking at any of my art or connecting, then yeah, definitely check it out. Also, we'll post a picture of Lily and if anyone wants to have us play like Bachelorette for her, we're more than open to do that. <laughs> yeah, if anyone knows of any single hot 28-year-old men, then please let me know. And don't send them this episode because then they will definitely not date oh me. God. Well, just for the fact that the conversation is going to be so long, they're like, oh, wow, she can talk a lot. Exactly. It's fine. It's fine. You're manifesting, you're praying, you're journaling, you're doing all the things to yeah. find the right partner. Exactly. And I listen to Inomnia Paratus every week and I'm your biggest fan, we obviously. Thank you, listeners. This may be one part, it may be two. Conversation went on a bit. I think not only was it cathartic for us, but I think it's also great to hear conversations in real time and like see the gears turning in people's heads. I think we all say a lot like like it's easy to say Lily and I were like we were friends and then we weren't and now we are again but that doesn't just happen like you don't just like there's a reason and kind of similar like to going back to an ex I don't think you should go back unless you see the change. Oh, 100% true. Yeah. I feel like if we were still the same people we were three years ago, then we would definitely, definitely not be speaking or in contact or like care enough about each other to like want to try. We're no longer as toxic as we were before. So yay. (laughs) Remember to like, follow, download all the things. Angela normally does the outro. Listen on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Follow us at In Omnipod on Instagram and DM us any hot boys in the comments for Lily. Bye. Bye. Or Harry Styles. <laughs>